the 59th episode of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, a podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a feminist perspective. My name is Samantha Blackman, and I am one of your co-hosts. I am an associate professor here at Purdue University in wonderful West Lafayette, Indiana, where I talk about, amongst other things, video games, video games, video games. And tonight I am joined by four fabulous co-hosts, uh, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I got totally thrown off there. Yeah. All right. Who's going first? Um, I will. My name is Alex Lane. I'm a PhD candidate at Purdue University, about to hit the job market. Um, and I study gender in the video game industry. Yeah. And I'm hosting a barbecue at my house right now. Yeah, there you go. And Sam and Alicia are here. Drinking. Yeah, drinking. We'll get to that. I guess I'll go next. Uh, I am Alicia Carabinas. I am an MFA student at Purdue University in the creative writing side where everyone respects us less and we will make less money unless we publish Yay. great books. Yeah, I can write you guys fiction. make money? No. Oh. Especially not if you're a poet. That's why I write fiction because someday I might make a little. Like a dollar? Yeah. Okay. Or like seven. <laughs> um, my husband, though, is going to be an engineer, so I'm, I'm covered. That's good. Uh, anyway... Uh, though I write fiction and am a lesser human being than these other ladies, I do have a long history of studying games, writing about games, playing games, and in general being obsessed with games, games, games. So I'm here. With them, they tolerate me. So far. <laughs> that was a horrible, creaky noise. That was my door. Yeah. That was creepy. <laughs> we're going to put up with the noises because in a little... Like an hour, we're gonna have amazing smoked ribs and chicken, and and y'all will be jealous. Yeah, it's true. I don't know about that. <laughs> what? So I'm Nicole Marie, and I'm a gamer who likes to talk critically about them with these lovely ladies. And I also work at a bank. So yay! 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 Hey. <laughs> Hey, it's a job, though. Right. And and which you get paid. This is true. Money is good, especially when you have to get your windshield replaced and you have to pay out of of pocket for it. Oh, nice. Yep. Gross. Okay. So, um, I'm Sarah. I am an undergraduate student at Purdue University, double majoring in creative writing and professional writing. So, I'm combining the best of both worlds. Um, and unfortunately, my fiance is also a writer, so perhaps we will also More be on this sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you got love. Oh yes. There you go. And oh. a shared and a shared love of gaming, so it works out really well. Right on. Nice, sweet. All right, so we'll start this week as we start every week with what you're playing, what you're reading, what you're drinking. Uh, and we will start with the wonderful question, what you're playing? And we'll start with the uh, illustrious Alex Lane. Illustrious. Illustrious. I like that. Mm. All right. So um, what happened to me is, well, I was on vacation the last two weeks, as you guys know, um, traveling around and eating barbecue at many different states. Um, and I played um, Night of the Rabbit, some Night of the Rabbit in the car. I played a lot of iOS games because we were out and about um 
I just I see some smoked meat walking by right now. Damn, that's not like a name for you. I just <laughs> actually walked by with one of the smoked broths. Um, I'm sorry, I'm really hungry. Okay, so let's see. So I played Night of the Rabbit in the car lot, but I played a lot of iOS games. I'd never played Dungeon Defenders on the iOS, um, and I started playing that, and it's pretty fun. The mechanics are kind of interesting because, like, when you put your you steer by like your like thumb being on the screen and it's like crazy responsive to your thumb like you move it you like just go like this like a little tiny bit and you're like walking forward because everyone can see you doing that yeah i know but you guys can you see what i'm saying (laughs) yes Um, i see your thumb so so i played that and then i uh played gateways which is basically like an indie remake of portal that's not really as quite as good but it's still fun if you love portal it's basically a continuation of portal um and uh i also um i started i played a few minutes of remember me that was going to be my main game i played for today but then i started playing don't starve and of the last 24 hours i think i've played 12 or last (laughs) day and a half i played 12 hours of it i've been kind of obsessed with it um which is my indie game of the week which i'll talk about in a little while. But also while I was on vacation, I played the new-ish Settler of Catan board game expansion, Traders and Barbarians. The best part about the expansion is that it comes with a two-player set. Awesome. So, boom, right? And they have a... It's kind of interesting because they have, like, four different expansions in it. So, like, four different games. Because he writes, like, the guy who came up with it writes in the beginning that everyone keeps wanting expansions on the original game. Like, that's what people want, just variations. They want to play regular Catan with a variation. So that's what he did. It's like a set of four different variations you can play on regular Catan. So you, there's, like, a fish expansion, and then there's, like, this, uh, like, coin expansion thing. So there's a bunch of different kind of little games. It's not one big comprehensive expansion like Cities and Nights are, so it's not, like, another, a whole other game. It's, like, a bunch of little ways of playing original Catan. It's really fun. Um... Not as good as Knights and Cities, a little better than Seafarers, is what I think. But two-player. There's a two-player. There's a two-player outlet. I'm Sold. putting it on my Amazon cart right now. Yeah. So, we haven't done the two-player yet, but we will be shortly. So, that's what I played. Yay. Great. Alicia, what you playing? Well, uh, no surprise, anybody who's read my post this week, I played The Last of Us. <laughs> Uh, I hold some very unpopular views on The Last of Us. Uh, the more I think about the game, the less popular those views are going to become. <laughs> I but I'm going to talk about it a little more next week, so I don't want to talk too much about it tonight unless we're going to have a discussion about it, in which case I'll be very vehement. And I want to say I like the game. I do. It's a great game. It's a solid game. I played the hell out of the game. There's some extraordinarily frustrating and I think ill-designed moments. But overall, it's a good game. It is not the Citizen Kane, quote-unquote, <laughs> of the gaming history. It is not deserving of tens across the board. It's definitely flawed. That doesn't mean it's not a hell of an experience, but it's definitely flawed. That's what I've heard, uh, like, gamers, friends of mine that I've had forever who um, are usually are academics and usually pretty critical about games, they said uh, it's the best game ever made, the best game they've ever played, etc., cetera, oh. etc., cetera. Anybody who thinks that this is the best game ever, I, I, I don't even know what to tell you. I don't even know how to react to you in that. It's so flawed in moments. Uh, that's not to say, again, it's not really, really good and really engaging. 
But uh, the Errant Signal uh, review that I linked in my post, it talked about being kind of a mishmash of other games. The more I think about it, the more accurate I think that is. Mm. There are moments that are literally pulled directly from other media. Um, for instance, not to spoil anything, a very small moment, they see some giraffes, and it is almost direct shot for shot, like from Jurassic Park. Like you just, it is. Like that part chills me. Instead of it giraffes. Me. Is exact. it really? Yeah. yeah. So many moments yeah. like that where you just see it ripped off. Okay. Well, you know, okay, so for you, is it, you're like, okay. What happened? Nothing. Oh. Uh, is it for you just the narrative brokenness or is it the mechanic brokenness? Actually, kind of both. Okay. Uh, the mechanics more so for me. Some of the, the the fights really depend on like timing. You have to hit that exact moment. You don't have any real agency. You don't have any creativity. You follow exact paths, and I find that really limiting. But the narrative too really seems strung together from every other similar yeah. story like this ever. And that's my real flaw in narrative styles in gaming, especially being a writer. You don't see a lot of originality. And I think that that's what's limiting us when it comes to the games is our argument. Yeah. And you know, the, the interesting thing is, is that I almost quit playing the game in the first hour or so that I was actually playing it. Because do you remember that? There's, it happens right at the beginning of the game, pretty much. Um, when, oh my God, I, and I have not been drinking that much. The main guy? Who, who are you looking for? Yeah. Joel? Joel. Joel. I'm like, blah. Joel and super strong woman. Tess. Tess. <laughs> you could just call her the Lady Hulk. <laughs> Lady Hulk. <laughs> Talk, when Joel and Lady Hulk are kind of, when they're first leaving the city, right? Mm -hmm. And they're going through, and there is, there's that part where you have to find a very specific, a very specific, like, pixel that's hidden yeah. on your 50-inch fucking TV you have screen. You the triangle. Right. And, and and hit exactly that spot in order to progress. And there's nothing that's really an indication that that's what you need to do. No. Right? And that is not something that is so ingrained in your typical game grammar that you knew exactly what you were looking for. But there's nothing in the game that tells you necessarily that's what you're looking for. And it is so, I won't say well hidden, I'm going to say poorly hidden. Yeah. <laughs> right? That it was like I was like for, I was sitting there for like twenty minutes. Going, I think I know exactly the spot. It's going on, about. and it was driving me absolutely nuts. I was like, I'm never going to finish this game if this whole game is like this. And it's not. It becomes a little more obvious, I think, later on. It does. Uh, but there are some moments like that where you you really are just finally reduced to scrolling around, like looking here and there, until you find the triangle icon that pops up. And I think that that is an incredibly stupid design decision. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to pull any punches on that one. But there are moments that are extraordinarily emotional, that are beautiful. It's great. There are some that are played like they're really emotional, but after what you've just done in the game, there's definitely some, some dissonance there. Like, this is not a great moment of change considering I killed, like, 15 guys to get here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, anyway, I said I wasn't not And I'm not going to talk about race <laughs> issues in the game yet. Oh, you have some things you're going to talk about later. Next time, I'm excited. Well, maybe we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it later slash next time slash yeah, one day. Yeah, we can day. do a Last of Us episode. I think we should. And there will, and there will probably be a post coming from me on it at some point too. 
I'm, I have to I'm get claim, on playing it then. I have to claim the I have to claim the race I have to claim the race uh, race issue. That's Sorry. racist. That's racist. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I also played, of course, some Candy Crush because these evil evil women got me into it. I uh, played a little Katamari because I felt like it randomly and realized really? that uh, the Katamari since the PlayStation Two just hasn't been as good. No, and I'm sad because no, it was so good. And I have never liked that game. Really? I haven't so either. Cool. I wouldn't Roll shit. Especially when it's like cows and stuff. It's little super wiggling hilarious. Like, it's amazing, but it's somehow dumb, they but... ruined it after the PS2. It's amazing if you're five. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my husband and I after juggling. Oh my god. I finally just said fuck it and combined and played one game. It just took turns. Uh, we had both beaten it separately and done different things. We wanted to have one good holistic game that we did together before they released the sandbox mode. Uh, my son decided he wanted to play Halo ODST, so we did a little of that uh, just together. We didn't play, you know, with anyone else. Uh, just to teach him to run around and everything and to fly the ghost, which he liked. Uh, and a friend of mine found an online Cards Against Humanity server, so we've been playing the hell out of that. Uh, oh wow! It's it's so rude and crude and yeah. wonderful. I love it. Anyway, that's it for me. All right. Sarah, what you playing? Um, well, I continue to play Animal Crossing New Leaf. <laughs> it is still like my everyday sort of thing. Don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> it's very addicting. I just finally got the the club LOL and also uh, the cafe. So that's pretty fun. Except it's, like, always only me in the club awkwardly, so that's kind of sad. But um, I also played a little bit of Slender the Arrival. I still can't make it entirely through the game, um, but I'm trying. <laughs> uh, my roommate came to visit me, and so I like to play, like, multiplayer sort of games with her. And so I went back through my library of games. And I found the very first game that my parents bought, me and my brother, for the PS2 when we got it for Christmas. I'm about to feel real old mm-hmm. here. <laughs> yeah. um, it was cookie, co- Cookies and Cream, or Cookie and Cream, something like that. Yeah. Um, it's, such, it's a cute little two-player game, and it's all about teamwork, so you need two people to play it. And I think that's why my parents bought it for us, so that we wouldn't be competing over the attention of the PS2. Sure. And the, the whole thing is that you do, um, like, one thing on one side of the screen that helps the other person get through something on the other side of the screen. So you, like, constantly need to be communicating with each other and working together, There or there's no way that you're going to get through it. And it's pretty cute. It's really frustrating sometimes because it is pretty difficult for, like, a little kid's game, but it's still pretty fun. Um, and then also I stumbled upon this indie game about... Uh, a woman who is pregnant while she's in jail and she gets like framed for the murder of her cellmate um, called Nine Months In. And I haven't gotten through very far of it yet because unfortunately I've like hit some sort of error where it won't let read my saved file. So oh, that was kind nice. of frustrating. So I was kind of frustrated with that. So I haven't gotten very far yet, but it's kind of interesting, but I'm not sure if it's, the voice acting or if the dialogue is just really awkwardly written but it just kind of comes off a little a little strange to me but I don't know I'm kind of curious to see where they go with it so 
I'll pick it up when I stop being frustrated that the air happened. <laughs> I want to hear more about that because that sounds really interesting or it could be incredibly problematic. Yeah. Yeah, I I had heard it. I think I saw it on Kotaku actually and then I had heard that people were like praising it because of its narrative. But so I was kind of curious and it's just a really simple like there's nothing any super graphically spectacular or anything. It's mostly uh mostly story i'd say but yeah it it is it is interesting so far it's like she she's like on her ninth month of pregnancy and she's in jail for a murder but she says she didn't commit the murder that there's like this person that was framing her that she thinks is framing her and but then she wakes up one morning and her cellmate is dead (laughs) and she's really and she like talks about how she's her cellmate's like her best friend but yeah she i mean she seems upset to an extent but i just feel like she doesn't seem upset enough if it was like her best friend i guess i don't know (laughs) but that might all just really be the voice acting because it's not anything like super uh skilled or anything it just sounds like kind of like a fan-made sort of thing so but i'm still curious to see where it goes sounds interesting you have to keep us updated yeah tell us how it works (laughs) Okay, I will. I'm going to check it out, though, too. So It's yeah, free, too, it. so... That makes it even better. Uh, free. It's my favorite yeah. price point. Smash. <laughs> 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 All right. Nicole. So, I'm playing... Let's see. First, I'm playing the usual things. Candy Crush and Clash of Clans. Um, Candy Crush is still soul-sucking, and... I'm playing it now on two devices, my my Android phone and my iPad, so that's super exciting. Um, and the other thing that I've been continuously playing for a long time now, or it feels like a long time, is Clash of Clans on the iPad. And it's one of those things that you have to really keep up with because I've been totally slacking and I can't keep up with my resources. So if you don't collect them often enough, if they get maxed out, they stop collecting resources. So I've been playing a lot of that because everything costs a crap ton of money and I cannot collect enough resources to keep up with all of it. Um, And then off of Alicia's, I also played Cards Against Humanity. I have the... uh, I have the physical version with all three expansions, including the Christmas expansion. So we play that whenever my boyfriend comes into town and me and my siblings feel like drinking. So that's that's a good game to play while you're drunk. Everyone gets offensive. <laughs> um, I like drunk Dixit. Yeah. It's a fun game. Dixit is fun. Really drunk, sober. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we were so, really just trying to be as offensive as we could when we were playing online the other day. It was yeah, fun. We had yeah. people from all over the country just, like, pounding in, like, oh, oh yeah, the answer is always bigger dicks <laughs> for white people. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's it's definitely a goal around here. Like, whoever is the most offensive or the most terrible is, is usually the winner because yeah. we're terrible people, but... Um, And then I re-downloaded my Game Boy Advance emulator onto my phone 
So yeah. I've been playing Castlevania Aria of Sorrow because Fuck yeah you have. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> so that's been fun. I've been I was looking into downloading a few more Game Boy Advance games, but I can't think of any of the ones that were like my all time favorites that I had solely on Game Boy Advance. So Maybe if listeners have some favorites, they can tell me, and I'll download some. Not a, well. I am a listener, but also a speaker. Uh huh. Solely on Game Boy, but may I recommend a little Monster Rancher action? I oh, I don't know if it's gonna be on there. Monster Rancher, Monster Action, Monster Rancher, Monster Rancher. Uh, I don't know if it's on there. I'm gonna check and download it because I can get them offline too. So I just have to check check multiple places. But not that, that game I advocate the use of emulators or files or anything like that. But I do advocate the shit out of Monster Rancher. <laughs> check it out. And then also kind of a. Uh, trip down memory lane just because we were talking about our favorite female protags even though well I won't say but um I picked up my boyfriend's copy of the orange box he had it for 360 even though he owns PlayStation (laughs) I don't know how that works out but so I've been playing Half-Life 2 uh with both expansions are on there Portal and then Team Fortress 2 because also why the hell not Mm -hmm. fantastic games Oh, yes. So that's what I've been playing. Very cool. Well, I guess that leaves me. And I have to say, and I've said this before, and it's probably very apparent to everyone, Animal Crossing has eaten my soul. (laughs) (laughs) I have played so much fucking Animal Crossing. And not just with my kid, because that would be different. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, if I, because then I'd have an excuse. But no, after she goes to bed, I have the night ordinance, the late night ordinance on my ta- on my town, so my stores are open until two o'clock in the morning. Oh, nice! And I'm playing until my stores close. Mm-mm. It's bad. It's really bad. It's gotten so bad because you've seen it now. I even made a night. I made a pro design of the Not Your Mama's Gamer T-shirt for your Animal Crossing avatar. Yeah, I'm going to need an intervention soon, so. I got you. <laughs> hey, don't worry about it. I could, like, legitimately beetle farm, like, the whole night. Uh, exactly. Go to the island, get the late night beetles. All the beetles. There you go. You, you can come home with, like, each trip is, like, around 400,000 bells. And I can usually fit in two each night before retail closes. <laughs> So, <laughs> see, that's because your retail closes early. Mine doesn't close till two. Yeah, that's true. Yours, yours is even better. <laughs> yeah, I went with the no, um, the beautiful ones, so I wouldn't have to deal with all the trash. Wow, uh, see, that's helpful. But so, yeah, Animal Crossing, lots and lots and and lots of Animal Crossing. Um, we're also kind of sporadically playing Nino Kuni. Um, as we play through a second time. Oh, I forgot. We started playing Nino Kuni. Yes, you did. Your fault. Yeah, it's my fault. <laughs> it is. Um, and then after the Steam sale, I actually decided to start playing some of the games that I purchased <laughs> this time around. Um, so I played a bit of the Dream Machine, which is the clay and cardboard 
point and click adventure. Uh, it's a point and click adventure game made that where it's, everything's made out of clay and cardboard. I gotta say, I don't love it. Yeah. Well, it's not more than it is. You know, it's like those kind of little. Earthy. But I like point and click adventure games. Point and click adventure games have always been my shit. I'm not loving this one. I am not loving this one. Um, it's not as bad as Loom. No. <laughs> well, Loom wasn't bad. Loom was not bad. It was just 10 minutes long. It was just like, as soon as you get to what you think is the end of the first level, it was like, game over. And I was like, wait, wait. That was like the tutorial, right? And you needed esoteric knowledge of piano. Yeah, music and yeah, yeah, reading music and all kinds of crazy shit. They they made it as difficult as they possibly could. Um, Yeah, actually, I think I had to look up one, at least one or two puzzles in that one because it it was crazy. That you did need like this weird esoteric knowledge of just like random shit. Um, <laughs> well, that was in and of itself. But it was a pretty game. I'm not even quite sure how pretty the dream machine is. Because it just kind of looks muddy. But I guess that's because they kind of used, you know, clay. But anyway. Um, <laughs> I've also played a bit of the Book of Unwritten Tales which is another point-and-click adventure game that I got on Steam, at the Steam sale. Um, which was, it's actually a pretty fun. It's got some pretty cute um, elvish slash hobbity characters in it. Um, and that's been a lot of fun so far. Um, I'm thinking I'm going to like that one a bit. Um, and there's another game... Um, I think that was done by the same company that I was going to buy on the Steam sale, uh, The Whispering World, I think it was. Um, and I had put it in my like cart to buy it on the Steam sale on the last day of the Steam sale because I had seen some reference to it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to buy that one. And then somehow I walked away from my computer without buying it. And the price jumped like $15 mm-hmm. after the Steam sale was over. So I didn't get it. I'm unhappy now. But anyway, that being said, um, the other thing that I've been playing uh, is Scribble Knots Unlimited. Um, be- because did you see what Strance wrote about Scribble Knots Unlimited? No, what did he write? He had uh, he put in Retor, um, and he had him fight a philosopher, and the Retors lose to the philosopher. No. And yep. And what was the other thing? Like a ret- Retor comes up with like a ancient Greek looking like person. Yeah. But yeah, they retor losing people off work. Oh fuck that! I know, fuck that. <laughs> We're way meaner. We're assholes. Also, are we not gonna win in a fight? Please. Also, I just totally put myself into that box, so I guess they better accept me when I apply. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. Um, Scribble Nuts kind of has a place near and dear to my heart. That was my kid's first game when she was 18 months old. Um. And she's been eyeing Scribble Knots Unlimited for the longest, like on the D on the DS, because they have like unlimited on the 3DS. Um, and uh, so I bought it on uh, on the Steam sale. I don't even think it's as good as the first one, but you know I'm a little biased. Like I said, I'm kind of nostalgic for the first one because I had a little bitty 18 month old baby who was walking Maxwell around and doing her thing on the DS, which made me very happy. 
Um, I think that's pretty much about all I've been playing. Because like I said, Adam Crafting is sucking my soul dry. And I'm really going to have to do something about that. I mean, because I will literally sit down in my game room in front of the TV, turn like the 360 or the PS3 on. And while like something like an update is running or something, I will pick up Animal Crossing and be like, I'm just gonna play this until it starts. And then three hours later, <laughs> I have never I know. understood the fucking attraction to Animal Crossing. I don't get it. You know, Animal Crossing it did this to me the first time it was on the DS. I played it, and then I thought this is really boring, and I stopped playing it. That's something real wrong with you. They clearly don't understand. They don't understand. They don't understand at all. I guess I'm a different human being. It just, like, sucks attention away from other games, too. It's just, like, you start thinking you're going to play something, you're like, then Animal Crossing comes in, and it's like, no, no, you should probably play Animal Crossing. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm over here. Play me. No, I like didn't feel I stopped... that way about State of Decay because it is persistent. You're losing like food even when you're not playing. Mm-hmm. So I would jump in and be like, "Shit, I gotta feed my people." Um, but I don't like feeling that kind of sense of obligation to a game. I don't want to feel that way. Uh, so that's one of the reasons I think I was not that into Animal Crossing back in the day when it was well, on the DS the first time. Yeah, well, because you get weeds and and like stuff in your town if you don't. Uh... If you don't go in regularly and like pluck the weeds and do things like yeah, that, your, the Tamagotchi, your flowers will die. Tamagotchi. I like Tamagotchi style games. I love Tamagotchi. I played Animal Crossing in like two weeks. I'm so bored with it. Oh, there's something real wrong with you. I, know. I support you, Alex. It, it, my mine is horrible <laughs> because my 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 obsession grows. I I bought like the game guide. I bought the game guide for me and for P. I don't. I never use a game guide. For real. But P wanted it, so we bought the game guide because she wanted to read about the game. I'm not gonna, you know, discourage okay. my child from reading. Right. Um. So I bought her the game guide. Um. Also, I've joined an Animal Crossing community on Facebook. You have to be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm online, like trading things with people and visiting other people's towns. Mm. So it's become a more communal kind of thing for me. We got to go to her house and take this shit away from her house. <laughs> Sold. Okay. We'll drive right down. I'll fucking pinky swear on this. Uh, I'm not you like. Can't... I'm not like Sarah. I'm not dancing in my club by myself. There are other people around. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Don't judge me. How do you feel about that, Sarah? I know. Don't me. But instead of getting angry, Sarah will just be like, "Can I get a pin on this community?" Right. Watch. Right. I know. I was like, "You're ta- you're talking about taking it away from her." I was thinking, "You should give me the guidebook. Like, I'll take it. I'll take all her stuff and give it to you, Sarah. Don't worry." <laughs> What you so that's reading? what I've been playing. Yeah. What you reading, folks? I'll go first. Nothing. <laughs> I spent all my time on a pontoon in the sun, drinking beer. You know what? Prime time for reading. Listen. Well, since Alex has been a slacker and not read anything, apparently. What about the rest of y'all? What you reading? I just read a lot of fiction. Yeah, I was going to say, I have a lot of fiction going right now. It's summer. Yeah, it's summer. Yeah. Yeah, time. this month I'm going to get, well, August, I'm going to get real serious about working on research again with applications looming over my head for more advanced degrees. But right now I am still teaching for the summer, so that takes up a lot of time. Students, like, want grades and stuff, 
So I have to asshole. provide that. Yeah, asshole. <laughs> then I have to play all that, that The Last of Us. Yeah. So that I could write about it. So yeah. when you got time. That's true. What I mean, what am I, what am I, you know what, I'm so bad. I'm not, not only am I not reading. Why are you calling me a slacker? But wait. <laughs> because I had never finished um, Ready Player One reading it because oh, I had yeah. borrowed it from the library on my yeah. Kindle and it expired before I finished reading it. I downloaded the audiobook. Will Wheaton. And Will Wheaton is, Will Wheaton oh, is reading it, which is actually really good. So I've been oh, listening yeah. to Will Wheaton. Damn, see, have another drink. Uh, Will Wheaton read uh, Ready Player One, and it's awesome. <laughs> it is like eight million hours long, but I've been listening to it. Eight million hours. It's like eight million hours long, and I'm listening to it. I can't do audio. I started it from the beginning. I love books. Yeah, I'm not not a fan of audiobooks. I'm usually not. I'm I'm like you when I'm traveling or doing a lot of driving back and forth, um, like commuting. I'm I'm fine with because I listen to podcasts all the time. So you know, audiobooks are not a, a. they're not a big jump between one I another. I can't format. focus on an audiobook. I need to have that shit in front of me. But I'm a very visual person. Mm-hmm. Like, if somebody's just lecturing in the classroom or something, I am doodling, drawing, not paying attention. No mm-hmm. offense to every teacher I've had ever. Mm-hmm. And all of my students should not do that because I will kick their faces in. Uh, <laughs> but I, I have a really hard time following an audiobook without having something in front of me. Well, I have to knit when I'm listening to someone. Like, if I go to conferences, I, I knit. Because it helps me focus. Otherwise, yeah. as soon as like five minutes in, I zone out and I am likely to fall the fuck asleep. Even if I can't I'm even wide tell awake. You how many conference presentations we've been in where Sam fell asleep? <laughs> <laughs> and That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and then I elbow her. What an asshole! It's horrible. Well, I can't focus. It, it, I if someone is just talking at me and I'm not doing something to help me focus, um, you lose me. Immediately, we've also been to some bad conference presentations. We yeah. have, but you have to admit, if I'm knitting or doing something, I'm fine. Unless you're on your migraine medicine, then you knit and fall asleep at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to take my migraine medicine when I'm doing anything. Else. So anybody, anybody reading anything, anything Sarah? No. We're awesome. How about drinking? We're drinking. Yeah, all right. We can take you. Shout out to Mike for biking down and getting us ice. Yes, yay! Thank you for the ice. Cheers! Uh, In case you have not noticed, uh, Alex, Alicia, and I are actually sitting in the same room because Alex and her lovely husband are hosting us and feeding us, and we are drinking uh, the infamous... Sneaky, sneaky. The official drink. <laughs> the official. It is, it is now the official drink of Not Your Mama's Gamer as Alicia likes it. Likes it. Oh, I am I I'm the bastion of taste right here. I'm well, because we couldn't make it the official drink. Well, we have to now we have to test Sarah out. Except for see, she's still so young. That makes me nervous giving her alcohol. Sarah, like, no, it's okay. <laughs> she's legal. She's legal, Barely. but still. I'm old enough to be her mama, so it makes me kind of nervous to what give her alcohol. Two of my classes? <laughs> I will say that the sneaky sneaky is better than I expected. Like a peanut butter and pickle sandwich. No. Ew. Don't you Excuse dare. me, what? Peanut butter and pickle oh, sandwich? You. That sounds gross. In the game. 
Alicia, Alicia, Alex likes to eat peanut butter and pickle sandwiches and then tries to force them on other people. That's fucking weird, Alex. It is weird. I and I love pickles. Listen, too, so listen, no one can make fun of it until you try it. It's delicious. I can make fun of it and I'm never gonna try it. <laughs> I'm also not gonna eat human flesh because it sounds real gross. <laughs> I feel like there's a maybe a middle ground between human flesh and peanut butter. <laughs> However, what are you guys drinking? Oh god, did we lose them? No. Oh, <laughs> oh my internet's so bad. I'm sorry. What, what are you guys drinking? What are you drinking, guys? Because the three of us are all drinking the same thing. We make and it easy. I, I do feel like it's prudent to say uh, that if there's any weird pauses or strange inflections, it's because three of us are in the same room and there's like a strange echo, backbeat, weird shit going on. So sometimes we're like, did we lose them? What's going on? Is anybody talking? Because we don't know. What <laughs> also, we're drinking. That too. <laughs> the drinking really helps us. Someone's dog is barking. Sorry, that's my dog. Oh, that was kind of cute, <laughs> actually. <laughs> There's like a yeah. suspicious guy with a net outside, and I guess it's, it's like not a, okay with my dog. Like a net. Is he catching beetles on your tree? Is that all I need? <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like that. It's like a big net. <laughs> oh my god, you can't tell the difference between the real world and Animal Crossing anymore. <laughs> When I was playing, like, Don't Starve for, like, 10 hours straight, I walked outside and I saw these tufts of grass, and I was like, oh, I should harvest that. Oh. <laughs> Wait, Dang it, this is the real world. So, are you guys drinking? I have a uh, Killian's Irish Red. Nice. I have a Smirnoff Ice. Yay! I oh, thought she was going to say, God. I have Kool-Aid. Smirnoff. No, I don't have any Kool-Aid. <laughs> all your answer in it. Oh, that's horrible. Spree. Sprees are delicious. Sprees are gross. I tell you the story about my friends uh, cleaning out my office this weekend. So I'm not. I'm moving offices, and they're putting a a copier in my office. So, but this happened while I was out of town. So Patty and a couple other people moved my desk for me. So they opened up one of my drawers, and (laughs) it was completely filled with runts. But just the (laughs) just the purple and green runts, because I don't like them. What the fuck is wrong with you, Alex? She went to go to my desk. She opens the drawer and it's like completely full of runs and she's like, fuck this, I need some help. Speaking of people who are 12. I know, Mm -hmm. I know. (laughs) Okay, so news. News. Um, Well, I've been bashed for it all coming from Kotaku. (laughs) Um, Okay. Fuck you, Kotaku. Yeah. Uh, well, one that I I don't know if anyone else really cared about this, but for for me I kind of cared because it was interesting to see this debate go back and forth and people getting pissy about it. But Call of Duty Ghosts it will actually be coming to the Wii U, so yay for that. I know they were saying for a while people were like, oh my god, why won't they put it on this console? So you're getting it. Really give any fucks for Call of Duty? Yeah. Too violent for you? I like. <laughs> I like yeah. Call of Duty. I do too. Don't get it twisted. Um, I'm I'm so pissed about ghosts though. I am too. You know, you can give me dogs, but you still can't give me a woman. Yep. Yeah, I know. And this is real wartime, okay? 
And there are lots of dogs fighting in Iraq right now. <laughs> there's there's just so many problems. Also, most of the fan base for Call of Duty are people I want to punch in the face. Hey, yeah, true. right here. <laughs> well, and I haven't even fed you yet. That there's yeah, only that's true. I play Call of Duty right now. <laughs> yep. No, I don't mean you guys. Obviously, I mean you know. The pro gamers who are all like, all I play is Call of Duty because it's like the only game that matters. Fuck them. Fuck them. Yeah. That's true. So. Silence. Um. <laughs> well, it's like just shut like... down podcast since 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you just nailed it, so it didn't matter. Drop the mic. Mm. Done. All right, so then I'm gonna do a shout out to Ricky for this news, little little tidbit here, because he literally posted it to uh, Gamers All right before we started recording. Uh, Fez Two has been canceled due to outrageous Twitter conversation where I I don't even know how to put it. Children can't handle. <laughs> don't get fucking sticky about it, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, make of it what you will, but basically what it was is the, um, and now I can't, I can only think of his last, his last name, Fish. (laughs) Oh. Are we talking about the criticizer? Beer, fish, and blood. We can just call him Fish. (laughs) It's beer, fish, and blood. Fish. Surprisingly, I have an eagle problem. Yeah. (laughs) It's beer, fish, and blow. Um, so Phil Fish. Phil Fish. Who is the founder of Polytron. Uh, basically gets just lumped in with Jonathan Blow by um, Marcus Beer. Marcus Beer. I mean, he says <laughs> them out because I think we've talked about Jonathan Blow on here before and how. Yeah, we have. I'm sure much we enjoy him. Um, but he's kind of a self righteous asshole. So. Blow. <laughs> Or he can be, yeah. at the yeah, very least. for sure. For sure. And so, uh, Beer lumped Fish in with Jonathan Blow, and he said that they were kind of complaining about the... Um, Excuse me, they were bitching and moaning. Yeah, bitching and moaning is the direct quote. Bitching and moaning. And here, I'll just read. About a reasonable media request for their reaction to a significant industry development. Um, I'd like to Kotaku for this. <laughs> yeah. I like the, this one comment here says goodbye fish. I liked your game, but you are a pretentious, toxic, hipster piece of shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. Nice. So he gets he gets trolled a little bit, and he can't he basically can't ha- handle it. So he takes to um, Twitter. He tells he tells Beer to go kill himself. Um, Can I do a dramatic I, reading of these tweets? <laughs> yes, <laughs> please. <laughs> yes, please. Are we, are we ready for this? Yeah. Thanks for telling me to go kill myself. I will be at PAX if you want to talk on cam. That was Marcus Beer to Bill Fish. <laughs> why, you made it sound like sexy. I don't think it was supposed to be <laughs> But Bill Fish responds with, I fucking hate this industry. Uh, <laughs> I'm done. Fast 2 is canceled. Goodbye. All right, there. That was not sexy at all. Probably because he just didn't want to make Fast 2. 
So. I mean, seriously, come on. Yeah. What 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 like, grown up does are you that? Grown ass men or what? Yeah. Not really. No, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It pretty much involved in this quote unquote scandal. I hereby revoke your fucking ball privileges. Yeah. Can I have them? Yeah, we'll take them. <laughs> I like it. Yep. We take. We we'll put them on a mud flat or something. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. Oh my hang gosh. Them, hang them on the back of your truck. Yeah. There you yeah. go. There you go. So, yeah, and then I guess Kotaku even went so far as to reach out to him and be like, are you serious? And he said, yeah, it's just, yup, it's just not worth it anymore. Which, in his defense, as devil's advocate, I will say that this industry, in particular, and its fans, are sometimes a cavalcade of bitches. And I use that in, like, the more generic... People complain they're extraordinarily entitled. They want everything all at once, but they don't want to pay anything for it. Yeah. Yeah. But you know that going in. You know that the industry is like that. And sometimes you just have to accept that people are going to be total assholes and ignore them. Right. But the, also the thing is, is okay. So yeah, that is how this industry is. What about that? Did he? I mean, he experienced one tiny little portion of it, and suddenly he can't handle it. It's like, dude. Yeah, we're used to it. Oh yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, because to 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 be a woman working in or around this industry, you're already used to taking ten times the shit. So, and God forbid you're black (laughs) or Hispanic or anything not white. Period. The one black person. Let me just put this out there: (laughs) two fill fish. The ladies of Not Your Mama's Gamer say, vagina up, motherfucker. <laughs> Badge up. Badge up, motherfucker. I love it. Can we title our podcast that? I was going to say, that's got to be the name of the podcast. Good one. Just remember this when we're done. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky bitches. And, and, and it shall Y'all be. Y'all should not give me <laughs> Okay, I should do my indie game. Um, Our indie game of the week is Don't Star. Don't star. Always good advice. Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, uh, so this is an open world survival game. Um, you wake up the the um, the actual art of the game is really pretty. It's an indie game. It's very hand drawn style, right? Kind of alternative. Very cute. Um, and you, I can see Sarah is copying Rit right now to go paste it into Google. <laughs> um, so anyway, so it's an open world survivor game. You wake up and you need to start farming your little environment to try and get food. And then you, it's like mine. If Minecraft was good, it would. Oh, no. oh, uh-uh. You're going to lose followers for that comment, Alex. Then nope. it would be, don't start. Uh, it's the the one thing that I'm struggling the most with it is it's a roguelike. So when you die, you die. You don't have two lives. You don't have nothing like that. You die, and you start a brand new game with a new character from scratch. So it's really difficult. Um, and as you go through, though, you kind of level up and you get new characters open. So, like, there's one character who's a pyromaniac. There's one character who's terrified of the dark but super strong so he can fight off monsters. Um, there's a character who's haunted by her dead twin 
it's kind of weird. But they have, like, different powers and and whatever. That's how I was all waiting for to be haunted by my dead twin. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Um, it looks like Tim Burton, very Tim Burton-esque. That's a perfect way to describe it. It's like, if Tim Burton made a video game, it would be this. Um, so you go around and you try to collect stuff. You can, like, keep collecting things. You can eventually get uh, stone and make walls, just like you would in uh, the other types of games like this. Um, there's also a randomly generated map, so every single time you start a new game, it's uh, random. Um, Tim Burton does roguelikes. Yeah, Tim. Soul! It is. It, it really is. And I've been obsessed <coughs> with it. Um, that person could probably attest to. Like, I can't do anything except think about playing this game and play this game. Um, what, yeah, it's just, it's really, really hard. The longest I've made it so far is 17 days I'm on with one of my characters. Um, and I'm probably going to die really soon. So, but it's awesome. You should check it out. I got it on the Steam sale, but I think it's still only like 15 bucks or something. So I would say of most of the indie games I've reviewed, this is definitely in the top five. I really like it. That looks really neat. It's very neat. So buy it. And if you don't like it, Blame Alex Lane. And then yes. troll the um the developers on the Twitter feed so they so they yeah. can never make a second one. Yeah. Okay. So issue? Yeah, before we start that. Let me just go. We'll do you last. Alicia has to go to the bathroom. She drank too much vodka. Oh my God. <laughs> she was trying to be on the podcast. On the podcast. Guys, guys, I have to pee. Why don't you bring your computer with you? <laughs> Yeah, you got okay. Skype on your phone. Just take it with you. Well, I just don't want to miss any of the. Well, the we'll, well, we'll we'll do a a slow uh, workup. It'll be fine. Oh, it's uh, back there to the right. So uh, our issue of the week, because we've been talking so much about certain games um, the last couple of weeks, uh, things like The Last of Us and uh, Remember Me and. Uh, those have been the two big ones that we talked about, and we've had questions about um, games that have good, strong female protagonists, and whether or not we would do our new one-hour reviews that are going to be starting in August. Power Hour. We, we're still debating on a, on a title for it: Power Hour or Game Sprint. I like Power Hour. Game Sprint, yeah. To see which one works. Um, but to play the games for one solid hour and then do a review based on that one hour of play um, as best we can, right? Because we're only we're going to commit to that one hour um, because you can tell in the first hour whether or not you like a game. But what we decided to do this time was to, uh, we've talked about it before, but uh, to do it again because it's been a while. Because, you know, hell, we're almost 60 episodes in. Um, look back over our favorite games or look back over a whole series of games and talk about our two uh, favorite strong female protagonists in games. Um, you know, some people will say that's fairly simple because you got a short list to work no, <laughs> um, But then at the same time, it also makes it very difficult um, because you have to choose to um, or... Somebody may choose to say, no, they all suck. I kind of thought about that. Um, <laughs> hey, well, who's saying that? Across, but I thought Sam would kick me off the podcast. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I would fuck you up. I know. because Sam, know. you're not on this. You didn't type in your, your and, lady and list. No, I did not type in my lady list. And um, Alicia and I took our kids to the park for a picnic in the play at the playground today. 
and I didn't tell her then either. I tried real hard. You and she's a secret. Oh, okay. And so I'm not just... going first. All right. All right. should go. Okay, I actually pulled a lot of ladies, but I'm only going to get my first two. And then I might mention some others because I think one of mine might be doubled by someone who was playing the, the orange box recently. Because my number one <laughs> all time on the lady list is Chell from Portal. Yep. Nicole, did you need yeah. to wait? Yeah, she was going to, I was typing her in and then I looked at yours and I was like, damn it. <laughs> so, but you can share. share. You can share. Yeah, that's true. We could share. Okay. Let's Here's share. why I like Chell so much, okay? Because not only is she a woman that we play as, we see through her eyes, but it's, there's no issue made about it. Mm-hmm. You only see her occasionally through like a portal. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no big deal. When you do see her, she's not overly feminized. She's just in her little suit, whatever. But it's also a totally female game, right? There's there's no, there's nothing male about this game. There's no male influence really in the purple. Nothing. Mm-hmm. It's woman on woman violence. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. It's such a good, strong game. Oh, Nicole. Were you yeah, t- I mean, I I agree with all of that. I think one of the biggest things for me in in picking her was was playing through her eyes and not being. And and it not being a fact of you having chosen that she was female, but you played through her eyes because that was your only option. Right. And she's good for that. And also because Portal is a game that is like, I I don't know. I I think Portal's a game that people look at and they're like, this is a fantastic game. And that... Nothing wrong with Portal. It's perfect. Well, I don't think so. (laughs) but i think people nobody nobody makes a big deal out of shell being our protagonist for this game no so she doesn't catch any flack for it she's a woman she takes down this huge evil corporation i mean she's awesome it's it's an amazing game plus we get that really kicking song at the end of it so yeah uh, and then my number two was kind of a tie because I thought nobody was going to pick either of these. So I'm going to go rogue and just say both of them. Uh, Joanna Dark from Perfect Dark, but only on the N64. I was going to say from 360? Okay. And after that, no, things get really creepy and, and titty-fied, and I'm not down. But how <laughs> creepy. be like a spiritual successor to GoldenEye? Uh to Rare's efforts there and having her take on that role of being a spy and infiltrating in the co-op where you played like the also the extra Joanna that was different hair. Everything about that was great. And again, it was an issue where her gender didn't really come up that much. You just played her and she was a spy and she was badass. Mm-hmm. My other, my tie for number two is one where the gender does become an issue at times. It's Zoe from Left 4 Dead. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of moments where she says things like, oh, you guys are going to let the girl go and do this stuff? Oh, I can't believe you're going to make the girl do it. Uh, of course, you get different dialogue depending on who you're playing as. I always play as Zoe because she's my female choice. I gravitate toward the girls when I can. Mm-hmm. But she's also a great representation of the geek audience, right? Because she says so many wacky things. 
she references so many things. Like she references Planet of the Apes and all kinds of crazy shit. She's funny. She's capable. Yeah, they give her the quote-unquote girly weapons in the video. She has pistols. But, of course, when you're playing the game, your Zoe can be whatever you want it to be. And as a huge devotee of the Left 4 Dead franchise, I find Rochelle as a spiritual successor lacking because she doesn't swear. Fuck her. Yeah, fuck her. Not cool. Uh, she makes sense. She's well-voiced. Both of them are. But I think Zoe comes out on top. And she has a really great dynamic. Even though there's not a lot of story to those games, she has a great dynamic with the other characters. And I fucking love Zoe. So those are my ladies on the lady list. I love it. Nice. Alright. Um, I can go next because I'm next on the list. Um, and I pick three, and I don't think these are like my ultimate female protagonists, but uh, when I was a kid playing, these were the two that had the most impact on me. Because um, when when I was younger, let's see, I, it, it was mid-90s probably when I really started playing video games, and we had the Laura Crofts, and we had uh, Seamus Oran, um, who's originally a dude, anyway, um, and ah. and few other what that? We will we will talk about that later. I hope. Okay, we can definitely do that. Um, but the first game I played start to finish was Resident Evil Two, with Claire Redfield as the um the protagonist, and then after I played Resident Evil Two, I went and played One, and then Three came out, and I played Three, and Joe Valentine, um was in those two and there were some problematic moments I remember when I was young, but they, I, costuming, especially, (laughs) right. So especially, um, I remember vividly with Claire, they make a few big deals out of her being a woman, but, uh, well done. But, uh, for the most part, I thought they were strong. They were more clothed than the Laura Croft was at the time. They had um, sort of less accentuated features and such. Um, and also Mortal Kombat was my favorite game at the time, which was the worst. Yeah, um, but fuck yeah, anyway. Oh, fuck yeah, Mortal sure. Kombat. Fuck yeah. Mortal Kombat, fuck yeah, absolutely. But but as far as female protagonist goes, these were the two right. who actually wore clothes. Played, who wore clothes <laughs> that were strong, um, that were able to basically light the shit up, so... Those are the two and they were the first real female protagonist that did wear clothes. Well, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean really to be perfectly were. honest. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Miss well, Pac-Man had yeah. a bow, but... Unless we want to talk about Samus, Seamus, however we want to pronounce her name, because yeah, no one really knows. But we'll do that later. But they programmed Seamus as a guy, and at the end they yeah. said, oh, wouldn't it be funny, funny if, if she was yeah. at the end and she's a chick. But that ended up being a really extraordinary move, and I hope we talk about that. Well, we can talk about it right now. Well, we can. Yeah. Because my husband and I were discussing this earlier. Because he said, oh, it doesn't matter because you don't know and she doesn't really have a personality, so it doesn't really have any impact on the game. And I said, but that's exactly why that move was important. Right. Because you play through the whole first game just assuming it's a dude because you're kicking ass, and then at the end you're like, oh, holy shit. It's a girl, and there's no other statement. But I think it's, like, kind of double-sided. Like, that is 100% true. But at the same time, it starts a reign of male or female skinned male characters yeah where they take any that still has not gone away that still has not gone away yeah so i agree it was important it was wonderful it for all the reasons you say especially because they didn't make a deal out of it but it also sort of spawned an archetype that is still probably yeah 
But well, you know, there's nothing you know, easy perfect. about For women sure. in games, unfortunately. Sure. Absolutely. Okay, next. Nicole, what you got? I got, well, first I have a question. Does FemShep count? Does she count? I was wondering that too. But I was debating about it because she is like, it is the same or close to the same as playing male Sheb. So I was like, I'm not sure since it's like not much really changes other than like romance possibilities and that sort of thing. Even though FemShep is definitely a better shepherd. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay, well, way better I shepherd. I this earlier. Uh, yeah, and this is a good question, right? Because uh, here's some things to consider before I answer this, right? Um, <laughs> is it that Femshep is a better character just because she is Femshep? Or is Femshep a better character because of the way that we play her and interpret her? Right? Because well, I, I think... That's a, I'm not even gonna I'm, I'm gonna wait. Never mind. Go ahead. Well, Does I, it? Go ahead. Can you say yes to both of those things? Yeah, though? like can it be both? I think so. Okay. Talk but about I it. I think that that FemShep is a great example of why we should have more female protagonists because everybody I know fucking played a FemShep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And everybody loved it. And it made the game so much richer and more interesting. And so, obviously, female characters don't necessarily fail. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially at a big shooter game like this. I mean, this is a huge series. It's shooter. Well, I call it a shooter. It's an RPG. Yeah. It's but but there's a you I mean, shoot, but it doesn't make it a shooter. I think that it tailors itself to a shooter audience a lot of times. Okay, that's fair. So. And that's usually, I think that's, like, the biggest problematic audience as far as where the female protagonist can come in. You know where we were talking about the Call of Duty bros earlier? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Bros of Duty. I think, I, I don't know. I mean, we talked about it on a podcast a while ago now about her being the biggest, like, example of the, the Ripley effect. Mm hmm Um... But at the same time, like, like Jennifer Hale's voice acting for her is so much, it's so wildly better than the voice acting it really for is. the male, the bro Shep. Um, and it, she just creates so much more of a connection for me as far as the character goes. Full so disclosure. I think not only, not only is she the better character, but she's also the better, um... Wow, now now my brain just stopped working. I'm raising my hand here because, full disclosure, I have never observed a bro chef in action. Me either. Well, I've heard oh, about haven't? people playing it, though. But, I mean, I've seen people play it, and I've heard, like, I, I have a lot of people on Tumblr who play both. Bro chef is bro chef. My husband played both, no, but I never saw it. There is no if, ands, or buts about it. He is definitely bro chef. He, yeah. yeah, you should go on YouTube and just watch. Oh, no, I take that back. I started a game with Bro Shep so that I could hook him up with Caden. Mm. So I played Bro Shep for like, I don't know, two hours. Hold on now. Caden like, is with my Fem Shep, so let's, let's not. Oh, my Fem Shep's were all lesbians. They were Grace Jones. 
<laughs> crazy, angry black women. But that would see that was very <laughs> heterosexist of you, Nicole, and assuming that people cannot be bisexual. But no, I'm not say, saying. I'm saying that Her she point. can't steal my man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't okay. steal my man. <laughs> Kate, that's, that's my I man. Can't help that. <laughs> He can be with all the dudes he wants as long as he comes home to me at but night. Not- but then, was, was he, and you, you made an interesting point. You said all your femships have, have you, all your femships have been le- have been lesbian. Alex and I had this discussion once when we were writing an article, and I have said that femship is always already lesbian. Now that's Ooh, an interesting I- angle to discuss. Does she have to be a lesbian? And if so, what does that say about our expectations? Well, always already isn't necessarily has to be. It's about a disposition before she even comes into existence because of her very attributes. Yeah, that the female options for lovers were better in the games. I think so too. Definitely. So if you're a femme chef, you gravitate toward that because the dudes are less cool. They suck. Yeah. I felt like. I felt like when I, cause I watched all the, I watched all the the um, romance videos just to see how they all play out in each couple, and I really think that a lot of the the male chefs ones were very like revolving around sex, and then a lot of the femme chef ones had a lot more of like intimate connections, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I found that more more rich and more rewarding. Yeah. But. I am a woman, so. <laughs> oh, no, no, honey. <laughs> Believe me when I say that you can be just in it to fuck it. That's what I, mean. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> oh, I do my best. <laughs> yeah. Nothing against my husband, whom I love. <laughs> but in the before time, in the long, long ago. <laughs> In the long, long ago. (laughs) So I want to say, can I give a shout out here to my friend, Jason, who's listening or will be listening when we post this, who, when we were having this discussion about the lack of female protagonists, he said, and I want to quote him, uh, I want you to slap anybody who uses the the phrase, the the word femchef. And I was like, why? That's just the word that we use to differentiate femchef and brochef. And he said, no, my shepherd was a chick. And she wasn't a fucking fem chef. She was Commander fucking Shepard, just the same as if she was a guy. Don't diminish her and make her fem chef. And I was like, whoa, that's that's really interesting. Well, that's pretty interesting First of because all, you're saying it's diminishing to be a fem. woman. Well, yeah. he didn't yeah. say that. He didn't say that. That was the attitude that came across. But that's the attitude that's argued all, all the time. Right. It's yeah. like, no, no, don't wear pink because that's diminishing. It's no. like, or, but no, I do no, want to I do want to say that was that was my addition. Sorry, he didn't say you. that. Jason, you're a down bro. And I love you. And he's my son's godfather. I'm sure no one thinks you meant for that, but that line of argument is used all the time, and it continually diminishes anything female. Right, but I think yeah. he wants to get the point across that, that there was never any doubt he was never going to play a dude chef, a bro chef, okay? Mm-hmm. He was always going to play a femme chef in his universe as he created the worlds in Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. Shepard was a woman, and it didn't matter. It was never an issue. Yeah. Well, my shepherd has always been a woman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mine. Me too. <laughs> my husband played both, like some, like we talked about. But for me, shepherd was always a woman. It was never an option. I played two different ones. I played a Latina chef and a black chef. Mm-hmm. I never played a white chef. Yeah, me either. I played a Latino and a white chef. I mean, and a black chef. I always play black ladies if I have the option. 
don't know what that says about me. Probably nothing good. That's interesting. Why not? <laughs> I don't know. Probably nothing good. Yeah, I'm just going to say, why is that not good? <laughs> I really want Afro puffs, and I can't have them. So, <laughs> those of you at home, I just actually made a gesture <laughs> with Afro puffs. What you need to play is you need to play um the herbs. That old original <laughs> DS game, you every be and then be black. You have to play wear Afro puffs. When I read that, I thought about that in my desire for Afro puffs. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, Afro puffs are awesome. All right, Sarah. Did it, like, I didn't get my second one. Oh, second one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Aside from wanting to put Shell down, just because I'm also in the world of Valve. Um. I think Alex Vance is, like, one of the best female characters in... I mean, okay. I didn't want to put that out there. She's a great female character in a game. Especially for the time when her... Right. She's she's very headstrong. She doesn't take flack from anyone. She holds her own. You're never really protecting her. She has that, you know, she has dog or dog ear, whatever she's calling it at the time. But, I mean, it's just a robot that she grew up with that was built by her dad to protect her. Like, she's awesome. She is, and I know she's not a protagonist, so maybe she doesn't count. But I, I still yeah, I do too. Still want to give her an honorable <laughs> My extra mention. options were, like, maybe not protagonists. So I'm with you. And we have so few to choose from. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Like, even though I was dissing on The Last of Us earlier, I would argue for Ellie. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, I've already seen articles about, about that. And you play as her for a while. Yeah. So. All right. Sarah, what you got? Okay. Well, full disclaimer, I am, again, a very Mirror's Edge fangirl, but I really love Faith. Um, and I think that, again, she wasn't explored as much in the actual game as she was with the game partnered with the comic. And that's kind of a whole other issue, but um, basically Rihanna Pratchett didn't get a lot of what she wrote for the game got cut. So, but that's a whole, yeah, that's a whole other debate. But I really love Faith. Um, again, it's kind of like the same sort of thing with Shell. You're also, from her first person perspective, they don't, in the game, they don't make her any sort of like issue with her being a girl or really bring it up at all. Um, she's also... I believe her she's half like Asian. Mm-hmm. Um so she's also like a person of color and I think that's really neat. Um Oh yeah. Isn't it interesting that female protagonists are almost always biracial? Mm-hmm. What is up with that? Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to do one thing, you might as well do all the things. That's right, cover yeah. them up. It's like cover it's like cover your bases. It's like let's yeah. make them Black, Latino, lesbian, and You can choose, you can make her whatever you want. But if it's a fixed female protagonist, so often biracial. That's true. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's not necessarily a it's bad the rede- thing. But it's, no, it's usually, it's it's usually the re- bad. Well, it's usually the redeeming white blood that makes them acceptable. <laughs> Oh, except people. No, I mean honestly. (laughs) (laughs) It is the it's the redeeming white blood, right? Because I mean, if you think about it, think about your fully African American, your fully Hispanic, um, 
or even your your fully Asian characters, right? Yeah. They are stereotypes. Yeah. It is only the redeeming white blood that makes them uh, that makes makes it possible for them not to be stereotypes. Whereas I, in the real world, feel like my ass would only be acceptable in the African American union. <laughs> Like my specific actual ass. Interesting. Okay. I mean, and I, you know, we'll we'll talk more about that at some point, I'm sure. But I, you know, we should do a whole podcast on race if we haven't on the on the redeeming oh, white blood. This. I'm sure you have, yeah. but we should do another one. I feel sure. like Sam, so. you've written about it. <laughs> a little bit, maybe. Yeah. yeah you've yeah, um, and I have I have heard um, it comes up a lot in fiction uh, is that when people do make the characters biracial, they there's some aspect well, you know, to try and make it still be uh, relatable to the white audience. But then at the same time, there's you know people who who are in the biracial community who you know disagree. They you know they want representation too. So it's like it's a very complicated issue. I've written a few fictional characters who are biracial because I'm really interested in that idea of being in the middle, not one or the other. I had a good friend when I was in middle school who was biracial. Uh, and I, I, ever since then, I've been really interested in this idea because I watched her be not accepted by anyone. The schools that we went to were predominantly African-American, had a minority of white students, and no one accepted her as part of their groups. And I thought that that was really interesting. So it's something I've pursued in fiction a great deal since then. Uh, I usually have somewhere in the background maybe a biracial character, sometimes in the forefront, just because I think it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I know I have I have some friends who are um, like half from like an, an an indigenous tribe and then also half you know half white or something like that. And it's like they don't want to identify as white, but then it's also people are like, well, you're not. You know, you don't have enough blood to be considered, you know, Native American or whatever bullshit that is. So that's an actual there's that issue. For that kind of stuff, like you have to be a certain percentage, certain. Yeah. Well, but it's not half. It's like some crazy, it's like sixteenth. Like yeah. 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 So or even like a fourth. You know, so you know, as an African American, I would like to say that because uh, African American uh, racial biologically biological racial makeup is so um diffused that we would not have that issue within the african african american community but if if nothing else president obama's presidency has shown us that that is not the case i mean even when he was running for you know when he was running for president he was too black for the white people and too white for the black people not all of them not all of them, but some people. So. This was before he was president. Right, right, that's what I'm saying. Right. I mean, and even now, as president, you're still having that issue. And that, I think, you know, is crazy because, you know, shit, it's the 21st fucking century. You know? Not we, for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. All Republicans, but well, what I'm saying. <laughs> Not that there are Republicans. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting one. All right. Uh, and your second one, Sarah? Um, okay. So this one will take a little more explanation. Um, this is a game that I played a lot when I was younger, and it was my one of my first more... Uh, the games that I just got really into. And it was... you. I, so I'm picking also Yuna 
from Final Fantasy X. And I don't think she's on a lot of people's lists. And she's not what initially comes to mind when you usually think of, like, strong. Because I feel like a lot of times you think, oh, like, well, a character who is, you know, physically strong and also probably smart. But there's also usually that, like, physical aspect there. And she's not, obviously, she's not physical. And at the start of the game, she's not really, she, obviously, she has quite a big crew that are kind of, like, acting as her guardians. And so there is that aspect. But I feel like through the game, she grows a lot. And I thought that that was something that really stood out to me. And especially uh, the devotion she has for her friends and the courage she has for going through the journey, knowing that she's going to die, but she's totally okay with it. Mm -hmm. And then even um, as she, you know, even at the end when she takes on the role, she's like their biggest savior, you know, and she's talking making a speech about how you should never, you know, not forget all of the, the like hardships that brought you to the point where you were and everything. And I just feel like she was strong in a different way from a lot of the other characters that uh, tend to be on these lists. Hmm. Okay. I'll go for that. All right, so do we want to make this my turn since everybody wants to know? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, so this is a difficult one for me. And we've talked about this before. Because one of my favorite characters has always been Laura Croft, mm-hmm. right? Um, and because, you know, this was like way back in the day when Laura Croft was like the first, because I've been gaming for a long time at this point, right? When the first Laura Croft comes out in 99. Um, and... Uh, this was 97. Huh? Nothing. Was it 97? I think it was 97. I gotta look it up. I know, but anyway, keep going. Um, when the first Laura Croft comes out, so I'm so happy to see a, a female protagonist at this point who is a strong character, um, who can do any number of different things, um, who does not have to count upon count on you know a man to help her along in her adventures. Um you know, even if she is scantily clad, right, at the at the point, at that point, you know, in the late 90s, it's just like you're getting the best that you can get at that point. Um, so I was kind of disappointed uh, when the Tomb Raider reboot came out, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think the Tomb Raider, I think that Laura Croft becomes the Laura Croft that we need her to be, the positive female protagonist at the end of Tomb Raider. Um, so I would like to claim... I'm excited that you just said that, but continue. It's the end. It's not the entire game. It is not the beginning. It is not the middle. It is the end, right? So that being said, I want to claim that my favorite female protagonist is Laura Croft, as she will be in the second in the series of the Tomb Raider reboot. Do you think they'll screw it up, though? No. No? Okay. Don't bust my bubble, damn you. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just wondering. You never know, though. Because you were so, like, you're like, I'm so excited for Tomb Raider, but I know they're going to screw it up. So I just wondered if you thought that about the next one. Well, it's it's hard to say. I'm I'm going to remain cautiously optimistic. Sounds good to me. Well, that's kind of like the the Mirror's Edge reboot, you know? They're not using 
Brianna Pratchett. I don't even know who's writing it now. So it's like, no, you know, I what are they going to do with Faith? Is she going to be the same? Like, and it's like an actual reboot instead of like a sequel. So then there's that issue. So I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. So, and I would say that my second female character that I'm going to choose, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, I'm going to choose it over and over again, is April Ryan from The Longest Journey. Yeah, April Ryan. No one had any doubt. (laughs) Yes. No one has dethroned April Ryan. She wears a t shirt. There's never. <laughs> and jeans. Been, and jeans. And there's never been a female character. Wears she wears a t shirt. That's jeans. true. All right. She grows as a character. She learns as a character. And she brings people along with her. That is why April Ryan is going to be my favorite. And will always be my favorite until someone comes along and dethrones her. <laughs> Which probably will never happen. It will never happen. No, Don't not. say that. Don't say that. No, hopefully it will happen. Hopefully it will. Yeah. I'll try and make it happen. Yeah, there you go. Mission in life. Your mission in life. Your mission if you choose to accept it. <laughs> so those are my two. That was fun. That was fun. It was hard too. That was it was and that's, yeah, that's it was very really sad. Is that it was hard? Yeah, not hard because you have so many choices. Certainly. Yeah. It's, right. It's not like oh, there are so many to choose from. Now I have yeah. two. It's like damn, I got to choose two, huh? Wow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. So we'll do uh, our deals for broke ass gamers. Now all of our broke ass gamers are probably even more broke because the Steam sale just ended. Yay! Yep. Yay! No, no money. I won't tell you about any deals, even though I did the weekend deal at Steam. Have you seen it? I thought about you immediately. The Command and Conquer games are like seventy percent off on Steam. <laughs> oh, I did see that, Alex. It's all you. <laughs> I know. It's not gonna I immediately thought of you. Um, so you can get the Command and Conquer games for seventy percent off, like six bucks. Darksiders Two is eighty percent off for like ten bucks. Um, Crusader Kings Two is on sale, which I bought like on the last year's Steam sale and I still haven't played. But seventy five percent off for like ten dollars. I just bought that. I can't believe that game is still forty dollars regular price. Um, and uh, then. Like I said, not and I think we're in that that slowdown cycle that there's still not a whole lot of stuff that's gonna be on like mega sale because we're waiting for the we're a couple of months out from the new gen um, consoles. But uh, we've got stuff like at Amazon. If you haven't played Assassin's Creed Three yet, you can get it on the cheap right now for twenty bucks. Um, Metro Last Light, which is uh, another good one, you can get uh, for. Uh, 40 bucks basically if you're playing it on the PS3, 30 bucks if you're playing it on the on the PC. Um, and if you're you're like waiting for Call of Duty Ghosts and want to play Black Ops 2, you can uh, you can get that for about 45 bucks. Um, so there's a couple things out there that are waiting in the wings, um, kind of on the on the cheap. Uh, so but they're there, you can check them out and see how that goes for you, right? Hooray! 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 I want to go. I'll start thinking of the Guinness commercial. Hooray, beer! <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Only me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, I guess that will be it. Right? Uh, so, Hi. hooray. <laughs> yeah, you guys are hungry, I'm sure. Already eating full disclosure. Yeah, Alex. Oh, <laughs> man. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to look at these ribs and not eat them. <laughs> so, let's do a quick rundown. If you want to contact us, you can do it the usual way. You can email us at nymgamer uh, at gmail.com. You can uh, always, always, always follow our wonderful posts on uh, the blog at nymgamer.com. You can like us on Facebook, uh, Not Your Mama's Gamer. You can follow us on Twitter at at nymgamer. Um, Or you can uh, stalk Alex Lane at her house. Um, Just kidding. You could. You could. I would prefer to not stalk me. But you don't get me. No, we've read our mind. Um, all those things being said, you can feel free to uh, email us, uh, send us video mail, send us, uh, not hate mail, love mail, um, video mail, voicemail, anything you like. And you can email it to us at our email address. Um, uh, or you can just participate in the wonderful conversations that take place on our blog. Mm-hmm. We welcome all of those things, even people who disagree with us, as long as you do so in a nice way. Or respectful. A respectful way, yes. That is very important. And we will engage you. We will not not post your comments. We will not block you for being respectful and disagreeing. Um, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, until next week, uh, join us for episode 60. Wow. 60. Yeah. Can you believe it? 60, ma'am. Uh, join us for episode 60, um, where we will talk about something else that's very interesting. Last of Us, maybe. <laughs> Last of Us, maybe. We'll talk about I hope it. So. Uh, so, until then, uh, it's, it's like cold outside now. I was going to say, stay cool. Stay warm. <laughs> stay warm. Stay dry. And as always, game on. Game on. <laughs>